am Alexander Badgett, and you're listening to The Bankster Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to the fascinating and the ever more consequential world of central banking. Between this episode and the priors, there was a changing of the guard, you might say, here at the Central Bank of the United States. Jerome Powell was sworn in as the new chair of the Federal Reserve, and as we described in the last episode, Janet Yellen's final day was February the 3rd. We found out what Janet will be doing somewhat sooner than I had even hoped. David Wessel, a senior fellow at the Brookings Institute, a public policy think tank in Washington, D.C., announced that Janet Yellen will be joining the previous Fed chair, Ben Bernanke, at Brookings. In the announcement, he wrote, quote, We're looking forward to helping Dr. Yellen reflect on her impressive career, to working with her as she continues to advance the state of economic knowledge, and to benefiting from her advice as we work to improve the quality and effectiveness of fiscal and monetary policies and public understanding of them, close quote. That first part there about looking forward to helping Dr. Yellen reflect on her impressive career, that sounds like a good sign that a memoir will be in the works. Bernanke's memoir was released about a year and a half after his term ended, so I'm crossing my fingers Janet Yellen's doesn't take too much longer than that. Sometime summer or fall of next year, probably. Anyways, the changes to the upper echelons of leadership at the Federal Reserve over the last few weeks and months inspired both of the questions in today's edition of Centralverse Q&A. So without any more delay, let's jump in. Question number one, who really chooses the chair? So background to this first question. On many a previous episode of the Bankster Podcast, we've reviewed the process by which the President of the United States nominates and then the Senate confirms an individual to serve as chair of the Federal Reserve System. It therefore honestly caught me off guard when when I got a tweet from the Fed's official handle, at Federal Reserve, that said the following, quote, The FOMC this week unanimously selected Jerome H. Powell to serve as its chairman, effective February 3rd. Did you catch that? The FOMC unanimously selected Jerome Powell. Now, wait a second. What about the president and Congress? Okay, so here's the short answer to this first question. And this goes to a shout-out to Sarah Binder, co-author with Mark Spindle of the excellent book, The Myth of Independence, uh, for her quick response on Twitter when I sent my question out to the wonderful central banking corner of Twitter. Her response, in effect, was the position the president and the Congress are involved in is that of chair of the Federal Reserve System, not the Federal Open Market Committee the FOMC, the one that decides interest rates. Okay, so now to the long answer and a few more details. So the Federal Reserve Act describes how the chair of the Federal Reserve as a whole is chosen. However, the FOMC, as the committee within the Fed, made up of all of the seven governors and the 12 Reserve Bank presidents, was not added to the Federal Reserve Act until 1935, and the process of choosing leadership for the committee was not explicitly defined in the act. So like it works in most committees, the members themselves choose the leadership. 
However, in more than 80 years since the formalization of the FOMC, they've always chosen the chair of the system to be the chair of the FOMC. So they're kind of two different positions, but for the last 80 years, they've the FOMC committee has always followed the system chair. Anyways, so now that we've nailed that down, the process of selecting the chair, now let's move on to the next question. So question number two, who is second in command at the central bank? Now, the short answer is, well, this is quite surprising, but there are actually four second-in-command positions at the U.S. Central Bank. So here they are. Number one, vice chair of the Federal Reserve System. Number two, vice chair of the FOMC. Number three, vice chair of the Federal Reserve System for Supervision and Regulation. And finally, the first vice president role. Okay, now the long answer. And here's a little more information about these second-in-command positions and who is in them. So, uh, back to number one, the vice chair of the Federal Reserve System. Now, this position is probably what you think of as the second-in-command of the Federal Reserve System. It's the traditional right hand of the chair in respects to the Federal Reserve System as a whole. Okay. Number two, this vice chair of the FOMC. Now, this person actually sits next to the chair at the FOMC meetings. This has historically always been the president of the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, who currently is Bill Dudley, although he has announced that he's retiring. So there will be a new vice chair of the FOMC, most likely by the end of this year. So. So far, we've got a vice chair for the Fed as a whole. Think of the kind of the, the system of the, how the Federal Reserve is this federalist compromise of a centralized office in D.C. and then 12 offices spread out through the country that are kind of autonomous and independent. Um, the vice chair of the Federal Reserve system is over all of that. The vice chair of the FOMC which is the president of the New York Fed, is the vice chair of the committee that sets interest rates, that conducts the monetary policy. Okay, uh, number three. Now, this is the vice chair of the Federal Reserve System for Supervision and Regulation. Now, this is actually a new position. It was created by the Dodd-Frank Act, which was the regulation passed in 2010 in response to the Great Recession. So, the Obama-era nominees for this position couldn't get past the congressional partisan gridlock. So the position has actually been unfilled since the, the law was passed. Um, and it went unfilled until actually just a few months ago when Randall Quarles was sworn in as the first vice chair for supervision and regulation. Okay. And the final second-in-command position is that of first vice president. And there are actually 12 of these. Each of the Federal Reserve districts throughout the country have a first vice president. Now, most of them are more operationally focused. Uh, the New York Fed is going to be a little bit different because uh, the New York Fed uh, always gets a vote at the FOMC and it doesn't ha it never rotates. Right. And so the backup for voting on the FOMC 
is the first vice president of the New York Fed. So that's normally a markets person uh, or a person with background in markets and financial markets, etc. Another example of of a kind of unique situation is that of Minneapolis. Uh, The first vice president of Minneapolis is a guy named uh, Ron Fieldman. And he is uh, more of an academic Uh, has written pretty extensively in academia on the topic of too big to fail. That problem and that idea that uh, we can't let a bank or an institution fail uh, no matter if they're solvent or insolvent because if they do collapse, then the consequences for other companies and other systems as well as the economy as a whole would be in danger. So he's written a lot about that. Um, But I'd say on average... uh, the, the rest of the first vice presidents and the traditional role of first vice president is much more operational focused. Um, in fact, they're uh, called first vice president and chief operating officer. So those are the four second in command positions. And there's actually 15 of them when fully staffed. Uh, just another example of how interesting and fascinating central banks are, specifically the Federal Reserve is. Uh, the the tweet that Sarah Binder responded to outlining uh, or helping me understand this idea that the FOMC itself chooses the chair. Uh, at the end of her tweet, she ended with a, an exclamation point. Uh, weird institution. And I think... Uh, that could almost be the subline or the subtitle to this podcast, uh, the Bankster podcast. An interesting look into the fascinating and ever more consequential world of the weirdest institutions. So anyways, kind of fun. If you have questions you'd like answered on the podcast, send them in. As always, I can be reached for comments, feedback, or questions on Twitter or via my website, www.thebanksterpodcast.com Today's episode was written, edited, and produced by me, Alexander Badgett. Thanks to all of you for listening, and I'll see you next time on The Bankster Podcast. Podcast.